This is the The Craft Craft Equity Equity Collective. Collective. Today's episode is hosted by me, Becca, Cassandra, and your girl, Brittany. Warning, today we are going to discuss uncomfortable truths within the craft industry that may include harassment, violence, discrimination, and retaliation. Throughout today's episodes, you'll hear acronyms and references such as DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, sometimes also called JEDI, Justice, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. COC is Code of Conduct. The BA is the Brewers Association. It's a national trade association for the U.S., offering education, assets, government affair updates, and publishes a bi-monthly journal. And the CCBA, which is the California Craft Brewers Association, which is very similar to the BA, but California-based. All right, you guys. So let's jump right in. So, so excited for today's episode. Um, We have a special guest, Dr. J. Jackson Beckham, um, a speaker, an author, a DEI leader in craft beverage, a nonprofit whisperer, recovering academic. Let's have a beer and change the world, shall we? What's up, y'all? How are you? (laughs) We're doing good. We're doing good. So, man, it's all you speak at um, the CCBA conference. Absolutely amazing. Um, You, I I know I can speak for everyone else in the room when I say um, just listening to you speak. Uh, left us so inspired, um, motivated, empowered. Um, I le- definitely left San Diego um, very fired up. Um, and so for those that are listening, um, we're going to share a little bit about you, Dr. J. Um, and then we're going to dive in. Um, dive in. Um, so those of you that have been living under a rock and <laughs> don't know who Dr. J is, um, again, um, she's uh, a speaker, author, DEI leader, um, leads the Brewers Association's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Department um, as the association's equity and inclusion partner, um, former professor and um, of communication studies, um, and dedicated her academic career to the study of American beer. Um, Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> a.k.a. a badass. All right. Um, <laughs> the founder of Crafted for All LLC. Um, it is a professional develop, development platform, um, uh, and its focus is to develop inclusive, equitable, and just practi- practices Excuse me, that drive success, builds communities, and empower individuals. Um, so absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Of course, we do also have a craft um, um, at EDU, um, scholarships and grants, um, opportunities, fairs and resources. So um, being able to help those that are furthering their education, you know, um, get some support there, there as well. So again, all around badass. Um, so again, those that have been living under a rock don't know, um, who Dr. J is. Um, there you go. Um, a little bit about, uh, this amazing woman. Um, and so before we dump, jump in, um, Dr. J, please do a, sh- a shameless plug. And for those that want to learn more about you, where can, uh, we support these projects? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm like all the places, um, but maybe maybe the easiest way is actually to find me on LinkedIn because that's kind of like where I have all the things I have going on connected there. So if you are on LinkedIn, um, meaning you're old folks like me, um, then you can find me at um, J Jackson Beckham at LinkedIn. Um, if you're looking for um, support education as you put forward, um, check us out at Craft by Edu. So um, Craft X. Edu.org. Um, if you're a business owner or an association or field leader, you're looking for some tools, resources, um, please check out craftedworld.com. And then if there's um, anyone in the green industry who's interested on any level, um, please do check out the work that we do the Brew Association. Um, you can find that at brewassociation.org. Um, click um, at the top and you'll see a tab. Um, for diversity, and you can see everything that we're doing there. So we have a mentorship program, a mini grant program, travel grant program, um, resources, educational resources that we publish, information about the committees and its subcommittees, which um, we're always looking for people to contribute. So, um, tons of information out there. Um, and you can find me on, on social 
either um, under Crafted for All or um, Craft by Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, we appreciate that. Again, very, very excited um, to have you join us today. Um, again, saw you speak at the CCBA conference uh, back in, what was it? Mm, April? March? Was, April? Yeah. yeah. Uh, earlier this year. Yeah, earlier um, this year. Yeah. So it got, our, it got us started. Fired up. Finishing. Yeah. Fired up after we came back. We needed to hear from somebody at a brewer's conference that actually was addressing this topic and it's amazing to sit here and hear about everything you're involved in and everything you're doing because uh one thing that we have found doing research there's a lot of people out there doing different things but a lot of people aren't necessarily connected to what's going on and so that's why we really wanted to do this season is to get people connected and get them the resources that they need and, and, and kind of build a path. Like, how do you make an action plan for your brewery with DE&I? How, how can you go about doing this? Because one thing that we see a lot and we hear a lot is a lot of talk about it, but actually making things happen and taking those steps is a whole different thing. So it's it's really cool to have you on today because you got a lot going on. <laughs> you're you're moving you're moving things. the whole thing forward, um, and we want people to hear about that. Absolutely, and yeah, um, just uh, uh, dropping a little bit more, uh, Doctor J, before you jump in, um, what why I guess we're um, even you know. Uh, more fired up about this is just, you know, back at the conference. Um, so for those that are listening and didn't have the opportunity to be in the room, um, things that jumped, it was my first time attending. Um, and so things that jumped out for me um, was that the entire time I was in San Diego and, you know, um, networking and, you know, attending these different, com- these different conferences and meeting different people, um, it was, even in 2022, um, it was, you know, a visual a visual representation of how far behind the craft beer industry is. You know, I think I seen, you know, um, only three other people, um, people of color, three other black people. Um, and that was myself, you, and one of the, uh, hotel employees. Um, and so that's something that really jumped out at me when I was there, you know? Um, and so seeing you on stage hit, different for me in more ways than one. So um, just wanted to speak to that a little bit, you know, and how you're, you know, stepping forward and creating space for DE and I, um, just like Becca said, you know, you got a lot going on. So tell the people a little bit more, you know, um, about you and, um, you know, and just, um, you know, I know you shared a little bit where where we can find you and um, support these projects, but uh, share a little bit more about you and kind of how you got started. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, you know, so that experience that you had at CCBA that that you describe, I think it's, um, I, you know, that's a story I hear repeated in different versions over and over and over again by um, by people of color, by people, by queer people, by people with, living with disabilities, right? Like lots of folks from um, underrepresented and traditionally marginalized groups um, have that moment where you're like, um, damn, am I the only one here? You know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's like at a festival, at a conference, um, in a bottle shop, right, wherever. Um, and at least in my experience, it was that, but also on the flip side, this just like passionate love and interest for craft beer in the community, right? And so, you know, there's a lot of places where if I walk in and I'm the only one, I'm like, oh, this ain't for me, peace, right? And I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I didn't want to do that. Like, I was like, I like this stuff too much. I like this community too much. Um, so I really just felt like the only option was like, well, I got to get more people who look like me in. Um, and I think I, I probably had that urge very quickly after I got into craft beer as an enthusiast. This would have been in the late 90s. Um, but, you know, I didn't really start digging in on that, um, until, you know, much later, like 10, 15 years later. Um, and I had followed this kind of individual trajectory, um, in the brewing space, you know, uh, becoming a home brewer and then, um, you know, working at a homebrew shop and 
um, getting BJCP certified, judging competitions, organizing festivals, you know, and then eventually writing my, my doctoral dissertation about the brewing industry. Like, I I just kept taking all of these incremental steps deeper and deeper and deeper and, and carrying this kind of nagging feeling along with me. And then um, I think I finally just sort of hit a freaking point. Um, where I was like, no, I just have to do something, you know? Right. Um, and I think the first thing, you know, I was in graduate school, I'm an academic, you know, so we just like think and write, <laughs> like, academics, like, mm-hmm. um, in that, in that life, I was like, I'm going to write something. So I, I wrote this, um, this series of blog posts called The Unbearable Whiteness of Brewing. Oh, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> this, okay. Yeah. And this was maybe, a. Twelve, I want to say, and it um, it was super viral. It was the first thing I've ever done that I was like, people I don't know are talking to me, like, you know, because I've, I've, I've not that much in the social at the time, and um, really this like kind of like pissy spirit of blog posts um, kind of put my name out there, and um, I think that's when I just realized I was like, you know what? Other people might see this too and might care about it too. And then I, I think once I stuck my toe in that water, it was like not very long until I just kind of was like, well, I'm just going to jump all the way in. Right. And how were those blog posts received when you, when you first put those out there? Yeah, a little bit of both, you know? Um, I mean, I think it's, the, it's interesting. There's a dichotomy that is still true today. I think a lot of people in the industry were like, yes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I'm going to shout out to the guys at, um, Hen House, you know, up in, uh, up in the Bay Area. They used to have this podcast called Beer Curmudgeons, um, calling it Sayer. Uh, and they had me on the podcast, like, way, way back in, I think, like, 2014, 2013. Oh, wow. Right on. Yeah. Cause it, cause they were like, you are talking about some things nobody's talking about. Um, so, um, big shout to those guys. They're like, great friends now. Um, you know, and I think the, the industry has always been like compelled and a little bit interested because I think if you're in, it's, it's hard to argue. Um, I think consumers and beer lovers were much more divided, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so, um, you know, so lots of people are like, oh, you're just, you know, drinking that low cost. Um, and, you know, some people are like, yes, this is my life. Um, and it's still like that now, right? Like, I think consumers are a little bit less ready to see the reality than um, folks inside the industry. Right. Such an interesting point. Such an, and thank you for that breakdown. Um, I know we were taking a look at some of your uh, blog posts, and one that jumped out at us um, was... Um, attracting a more diverse fan base. Um, and I think that's huge when it comes to DEI and, you know, the work that we need to do. Um, and so kind of going back a little bit to um, your CCBA uh, presentation, um, because Dr. J, you're, you're truly like, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're doing it. And um, you really shook the room that day. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about your presentation, um, there was a bunch of uh, resources and gems that you dropped um, during that presentation. Um, so would you tell us a little bit more about that? Again, for those that have been sleeping under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> or they don't get, go, get to go to a conference, right? right? I mean, I've been in the yeah, morning industry yeah. for how long? And yeah. that was probably one of the first conferences I ever got to go to. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, having you be able to to share a little bit is nice for anybody who can, you know, listen to this because yeah, we walked away changed for sure. Um, I appreciate that so much. First of all, um, thank you. Um, that's super generous of you to say that. Um, second, I'll just kind of throw out there, you know, um, I've been doing a lot of state bill talking and, um, conference speaking for years at this point. Um, but, the talk that I gave at CCBA um, that you all attended was actually one that um, I don't think I've given that one before wow. anywhere else. Um, so a lot of people are like, yeah, I've seen Dr. J talk. And I'm like, I don't even see that one. Um, and the reason <laughs> I, I think that is because I, I, 
I've done CCDA. I think that was my third time speaking to CCDA. I love this too. Shout out to all the Lori, Laura, or people that run organizations. Um, they bring me out a lot, which is wonderful. Um, but, you know, I don't want to repeat content, so I always have kind of newest, the newest, freshest kind of always comes to CCDA. Um, nice. and you. so that, that talk in a way it's um, it's about as purely like who I am and what I do as any talk I give. Um, so one, it, it wandered all over the place. Um, so I think, um, a lot of people are like, Dave's talking about what, you know, um, <laughs> but I really don't think so. so. It was so, it was tied together so well. Like I just, I, I was blown away, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's like, um, I, you know, for me, you know, I, I was an educator for, you know, I had a first career as a college professor and, um, you know, <laughs> talking to a bunch of like, 18 to 20 year old, one year olds who like do not want to be in the room um, <laughs> teaches you a lot about how to make things relevant for people, right? And I think one of the ways that I try to make this book relevant is to like um, use a kind of dual approach. One is I don't want to say things that are um, like super esoteric or jargony or hard to understand. Like I want to talk to people in, in plain language and plain metaphors and experiences that are common to all of us. Um, so you'll hear me using a lot of like weird little anecdotes and stories, you know, trying to, to be like, let's look at the commonalities about how we all actually move through the world, not these ideal scenarios or, you know, um, best case scenarios or rules that nobody actually follows. Like why should everyone follow? How we are. Um, and on the other side, I am a firm believer that no one likes to be talked down to. And and if you talk to people like they're stupid, they're going to shut up, like shut down me. Yeah, um, you're going to so lose I, them. I like to give my right. Like, I like to give my audiences the benefit of the doubt that they're smart and that I can tell them interesting, complex things as long as I do so in a personable manner. Um, that'll be interesting and that they can make relevant to them. So um, it's this mixture of like, you know, I'm bringing theory, I'm bringing communication theory, I'm bringing, um, I'm bringing neuroscience, right? Like I'm bringing things about the ways that we know human work um, that I've learned, you know, while earning a PhD. Um, but I'm also bringing like a story about like how, how much of an idiot I am in the checkup on it. Um, and, you know, I think that that's where I feel comfortable and I, and I've come to realize that I think my audiences feel really comfortable there as well. Um, so we, that, that talk was really about the stories we tell and, um, you know, as a person who has a doctorate in communication, uh, studies and, um, for those of you who don't know, there's a difference between communication studies and communication. Uh, communication studies is like the study of communication. Um, so the study of how we make meaning. And for me, I specialize in how we make meaning about power. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that talk really is about the stories we tell and the stories we fail to tell. And how, um, in doing so, we can either, you know, allow the, the dominant status quo to continue on, you know, right, in power imbalances that already exist, um, because we're, we're failing to tell better stories, um, or we can really invest in thinking about better stories and um, using them to change not only our kind of internal meaning-making systems, but also how we interact with the world around us. Um, and, you know, you say that to people and they're like, yeah, that's just about talk. But, you know, part of that talk is also about walking people through a demonstration of how um, how much our brain is really hardwired to think about stories. So you all remember yeah. this memory palace exercise. Mm -hmm. um, people still email me and they give me the list. Um, <laughs> it was powerful. Great. 
Do you know the list? Um, do you know the list? I don't know the list, but it was powerful. And I think, uh, Dr. J, what you were just saying a little bit earlier with, you know, telling better stories, I think it goes hand in hand, right, to impact. And, um, you know, all of us want to in business and right and trying to build these breweries and build these spaces right that are inclusive and you know and and have these different elements it's like the when we zoom out right the most important piece of our work right is the story that we're telling right the impact that we're having Mm -hmm. and then what's going to outlive us right like once you know our time you know our physical journey is kind of here right what are people going to think and say about, you know, the businesses that we built, the breweries that we built, right? The beer that we brewed, right? We know it's damn good beer, right? Um, But it's like, you know, outside of that, it's like, what story? What's the impact? And I thought that is something that, you know, hit me right in the chest in listening to your presentation, you know? Um, The... Um, the title of the presentation was powerful. You know, it's if you want to improve organizational culture, tell better stories with an effective communication strategy, right? And so initially off the bat, I was like, wait, how does this connect to DEI, right? How does this connect? And then as soon as I walked in and, and sat down and listened to you, I'm like, okay, yeah, what story that do you want to tell, right? Is what biz- what story do you want your business to tell, right? Was it a business that was inclusive, right? That created space, right? That helped grow this less than 1%. Um, and I think that's the most powerful piece that I took away from it. What about yeah, you? I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's spot on, you know, and I think part of what I think is so important about storytelling is that, you know, um, it's not just about a front, right? It's, it's how we structure our reality. You know, um, I always tell people like, try to say the alphabet without singing it, you know, um, (laughs) think about how you learn, (laughs) think about how you learn every early lesson in your life to look story. Um, and those one stories just that like give you a, a, um, you know, a gloss on top of reality, it was reality. Right. Um, and one of the things I think is so interesting about that is that people can spot a bad story from across town, mm-hmm. right? Like an inauthentic story, you can spot it from across town. Right. Um, so I think, like, when you think about the stories you're telling as an organization out in the world, it's not just about who we say we are. It's, right... Like, who, who are we as meaning makers? Who are we as people who are structuring the interactions um, inside of this organization, but also outside of it? Because if you say one thing and you're doing another, that's not a believable story and people will grow it back. Preach, yep. say it. <laughs> and that takes us to the next step, Dr. J. It's like, how do we do this? How do breweries put into place an action plan? How do we, how do we, what are the next steps, right? It's like, okay, it's not about, you know, what you say, right? It's, it's about what you do. And it's like, how do these breweries, right, take, you know, everyone in this industry, right? It's like, how do we take that, right, and really embed it into the fabric, the core of these breweries, right? How do we put exactly that on the top room floor? Like, how do we do that? How do we create this action plan? Um, yeah, I think, I think first is to get serious. Um, and it's to recognize if you want this to be um, a core function of your organization, then you need to treat it like every other core function of your organization. So let's say I'm thinking about marketing or sales, right? Those are core functions. So I'm going to take this seriously. If I want to put um, JEDI or DEI or whatever nomenclature you use um, on that same level, then I got to take it that serious. Done. So I think that's step one. Um. Step two, I think you have to realize that it is going to take a holistic approach. It's not going to be, you did one thing and now you're done. Um, So when I think about a great marketing plan or a great sales strategy, I think it starts first with um, having a really excellent strategic vision, right? When people who want to, let's say, think about their 
think about increasing sales, um, you know, they have a great vision of like who who they want to be as a product seller in the marketplace. Are they going to be um, the people who sell ninety percent um, on premise, and mm-hmm. it's really about gathering people in your in your tap room? Are they people who want to be like um, you know beer to go folks, or they want to do direct to consumer? Right? Like you have a vision, a strategy. You know, this is who we are as um, as sellers of products. So I think you have to have the same type of vision and strategy. Um, when you think about your, when you think about your, yeah, you have to be like, what, who are we? What does this mean to us? Um, and I think that's a question that not enough people ask. Like, what what exactly do we mean? When we say this? Yeah. Um, number two, you know, you have to be ready to put systems in place to support that vision. Yeah. Um, so same thing. If you have a vision of um, being a, a particular type of seller, product seller, then you're like, okay, we have to have the right system. So if you're, you know, very, you know, thinking about retail distribution, you got to have inventory warehouses. You got to be able to track like how long your stuff is sitting on the shelf. So you don't, you know, and people don't end up with shelters. Like you have to have systems. Um, you know, this salesperson goes to this territory. This salesperson goes to this territory. If everybody just showed up and said, all right, y'all sell beer. Mm-hmm. It, like it would be absolute chaos, but like you know, people people show up and they're like, "Okay, everybody, let's be inclusive." Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it's not going like, it, to Just make it happen. Just do it. But <laughs> yeah, also, like, just go. when you're talking right now as a brewery owner, like you're breaking it down to the to the core of running a business, you know, and this needs to be one component of the core. And as you're, as you're seeing this, I also see how it needs to be a piece of all the core components, right? Mm -hmm. Marketing, um, you know, job hiring, like everything, this always needs to be a component of all of the other big components as well. It needs to be a thought that's there and in, in the planning, in the structure of what you're doing or else it will never happen. Um, and that's, I, I feel like that kind of needs to break through to people because it hasn't at this point, at least, at least on the West coast. Yeah. And I'd love to hear about if you guys are having a movement on the East coast or, you know, but to us, we've just felt that it's been kind of stagnant with the movement forward. Do you have any kind of comment on that? I mean, does it feel like there's more of a, of a movement where you're at? I think there's more of a movement everywhere, but I mean, I think you're comparing like very little to, to a little bit more, right? So we now have, um, we have organizations and, and businesses out there who kind of get it, right? And they're doing that, like that systems work, that integration work, um, and, and realizing that like, oh yeah, this is something that cuts across all of our, our departmental functions. Um, but I think it's just going to be slow, slow evolution. One of the, one of the most challenging things, I think, one of the biggest challenges in our industry is that you know the model that craft beer was built on was not a model of here's a group of like vetted and well tested best practices for opening a small business. It was like people talking to their homeboy who homebrews and was like, "Yo, we should start a brewery." Mm-hmm. Um, they go on the internet, they talk to other people who started a brewery and everybody's kind of has pieced together this liquid first model that right. really doesn't do people very well. It does, most people don't start up with anything other than unsalaried with, you know, hourly wage labor, no benefit. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the model that we're built upon as an industry. Um, We're we're built upon an idea that like human resources is um, payroll and compliance, right? And it's not not like not employee development, right? So oh my gosh, can you say that again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Like that's I mean, when you ask people in our industry what HR means to them, they're going to say payment and punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. And like, what well, if that's not HR? Like, that's not that's not employee development. Um, so you know, we are structured upon a on a very um, 
challenging model. And I think the organizations who had already built some more people-centered stuff in from the get-go are having an easier time of it. Um, breweries that are better resourced, so they're a little bit larger, um, so they might have things like dedicated HR departments. They are having a better time of it. Um, but it's really hard. Right? I, I, My heart really actually goes out when I stand up in a room full of people where I know, like, you have a full-time job and you're running your tap room at night and weekend. Right. right. And, like, your wife and your kids and your kids' friends are putting in dumb amounts of hours. And I'm telling you to do something that's going to require extra hours. Okay. Um, I get it. That's hard. Um, I'm not letting you off the hook. But like, but I understand. Right? Might just give you a little um, bit so more like time. Our, <laughs> yeah, so like our just industry has um, has some structural issues. You know, that's one of the reasons. You know, so so um, you know, I for years, the first couple of years I was doing this, people were like, "Okay, this is all awesome, but like, just tell me what to do." Right? Like they just wanted me to give them a checklist, um, and I was like, "I don't I can't get to the checklist." Like, your list has to be structured around your business. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for actually saying no and no and no for, you know, a couple of years, I was like, okay, I got to be able to say yes to this. But I have to be able to say yes my way. Um, so that's why we created the Practice for All Commitment. Um, it's like a super low bar. And for me, now it's what I give to people. And they're like, we want to do better, but we just don't know how. Um, if you go to craftsworld.com and you click on that um, commit menu item, um, the craftsworld commitment is basically just a it's a commitment to make progress on 22 action items that span seven areas of your organization's function. Right? And they are um, attainable, actionable things. And the idea here is like if you, don't, if you just don't know how to start, start here. Like, use this as a foundation and then, you know, and then go from here. Excellent. That's a, a great way to at least get the conversation started and make you think about what it is that it means to you. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they're, well, they're first, they're afraid to put, put any step forward because they're going to, they think they're going to get it wrong. And um, mm-hmm. they they think it's better to to stay quiet than to to make a misstatement or, or a misstep. Mm-hmm. But if you at least provide a framework for people to to sit with the with the decision makers and start considering like what does this mean to us? How does this apply to us? Maybe this point doesn't make a lot of sense, but these other ten points really do. I mean, thank you for putting that together. I, I look yeah. forward to to diving into that. Um, yeah, you know, and I think one of the things that gets lost in the shuffle that I, I wish would be, you know, more evident, at least to decision makers, is that all of the things that you do, if you are building systems, you know, using assessment strategies, providing ongoing education that will support, you know, reaching objectives in the DEI space it's actually going to improve the experience for every person who works in your brewery, for every person who works with your brewery, and for every person who patronizes your brewery. Like, that is, for me, like, such the core takeaway. And I I understand because I went through the difficulty of learning that lesson when I was an educator. You know, I... um, I had a really, really good fortune to teach um, a good number of students who had uh, a range of different strengths and challenges in my classrooms, um, whether it was um, a deaf student or um, students who are neurodiverse um, or on the autism spectrum or um, students and um, blind students. I have lots of students and um, lots of things. And I'm like, okay, um, I need to change the way I teach and scaffold a little differently to make sure that everybody in my classroom has, um, you know, an equal opportunity to learn and grow from their material. And every single time I put a piece of scaffolding in place, thinking about 
one particular student who was going to be like unfairly disadvantaged by my instructional strategy, it ended up helping everybody. Right. Yeah. It, it ended up helping everybody. When I realized I just had to put closed caption on every instructional video I made, all of my students <laughs> who were hearing students were like, I'm so much better at note-taking now that I can see that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah, that actually just helps everybody. And I'm like, it works exactly the same way. It's funny because one thing that I've heard from the different uh, meetings we've gone to, Devon Buckingham from Drake's, and I I love when she said this. She said that a lot of breweries have like the Peter Pan complex, right, where they just, they can't necessarily grow up and they don't want to grow up. um, And they're kind of just all focused on me. You know, they're not thinking with this idea of like, let's grow this business that is good for everybody uh, and makes sense. And then they don't understand why they have to. Well, you got to. But it does come from those roots of being a bunch of home brewers. And I mean, I'm coming from those roots, too, with how uh, we started a brewery, you know, 11 years ago or whatever it was, you know, and you just want to do something and follow your passion and that kind of stuff. But you have to choose a time when you're going to grow up and actually run a business that is, um, you know, good for the people that are there and is going to be, be successful. And that's what I want to talk about. We want to talk about money because this is something (laughs) (laughs) like, Hey, what are you doing? Are what are you doing right now? Are you are you uh, moving stuff around in your apartment? No, no. Okay. For some reason, we no, hear I'm stuff. Actually, I'm in my I'm in my office space. I have a co-work office, and the cleaning folks are here. And uh, we well, we just yeah, we I'm have recording. Asked. Okay, okay whatever. Um, <laughs> we wanted to. She just left me. She was like, oh. <laughs> whatever. It's all good. It's life. Um, no, we just wanted to bring it back to the money because that was one thing that hit us from your presentation. We were like, yes. you know what? If you don't make the moves in this direction, you're going to be out of business in the future. So can you share a little bit about that? Brittany, did you want to add to that? Absolutely, because it's something we've I've repeated personally multiple times since I heard you say it on that stage, Dr. J. Um, and I believe what you what, Okay, don't quote me. But um, I believe you're like, you know, you're like, hey, basically, you know, brewery owners, if you guys don't make this change, right, it's going to kind of hit you where it hurts, right? And I believe we're all in the space where we want to build businesses that, you know, are, that have longevity. And you were saying, you know, these, was it Gen Zers, right? These Gen Zers, they're Mm -hmm. like... They'll take, I think it's shown in data that they'll take like $7,500 pay cut um, if they're not in spaces, right, that kind of, you know, where they feel safe, right? They feel seen, they feel heard. Um, And so um, let's talk about the money. Let's talk about the money. Yeah, I I love talking about the money because like, look, that's what people want to hear. And so I, I think it's like, I think it's absolutely important because here's the thing, like every brewery owner, any business owner has a look at a series of things and they're kind of like, okay, um, I got to do a cost benefit analysis. I have to say, what's the cost of this? Am I getting benefit that, that makes it worth the return on investment? Yeah. Um, right. And if, you, if you're not thinking about ROI, you're so I get it. You're like, you got you to gotta do this. And I think there's a challenge in understanding what is the ROI attached to the DEI, right? Like, what am, what am I getting? Because lots of the benefits of what we do are intangible or delayed or they're percentage. Um, so a lot, a lot of the things I do is, okay, let's talk about exactly um, what kind of dollars and cents we could be talking about um, in different places. So um, let's go from actual to theoretical. Um, one, of the, one of the figures that I think is super important is to talk about um, what the Cornell Center for Hospitality Research estimates as the cost of a typical front-of-house employee turnover, right? So we're talking about beer tenders, we're talking about servers, um, folks who are frontline. Um, typical turnover, the cost to turnover one those one of those employees. This encourages, this includes uh, loss of productivity um, pre-departure, right? Right. Uh, the amount of time you spend recruiting, the amount of time and the number of people that are part of the selection process, 
the time you have to invest in orientation and training, and then overall productivity losses, they estimate it's about um, $5,800 per turnover. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. So I, right. So I'm thinking about this, right? <clears throat> Let's say you have a tap room and you've got, Oh, I don't know, anywhere between 15 to 30 front of house employees, let's say. Maybe you have less. But think about this, this fact. If you can do policies that will save you two turnovers a year, okay, just two people, okay, two people who feel isolated, disgruntled, like we don't care, whatever, you get two people to retain. You just save yourself 10 grand. Right. Okay, that, that's, a, that's a really, for me, attainable goal. Um, there's also the unlikely outcome, but it happens, right? That, um, somebody could, uh, involve you in litigation, right? Like you could be in trouble for a discrimination law. Um, the EEOC suggests that the average cost of an out-of-court discrimination settlement is about $40,000. Wow. Um, okay. if you take it all the way through, it could be easily as high as $125,000. Um, so like doing things right is money in pocket, right? Like that's just, you know, nuts and bolts of like dealing with your team. On the flip side of this, the obvious side is, you know, we look at some of our craft demography data, right? Um, you know, black people are 13% of the population, 4% of craft Women are half of the population, 31% of craft um, Hispanic people are um, fastest growing demographic segment across the United States, about 10% of our Um So, you know, for me, there's lots of people out there chasing the new, um, chasing the trendy, like, I'm going to make a RTD cocktail seltzer lemonade. And I'm like, or you could just keep making beer and sell it to more people. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The, the industry, I mean, there's many more people to reach out there and there's many more people to include in what mm-hmm. we're doing. And like one thing, one question we have, because I know that we've gone back and forth between um, DEI and, and JEDI. And I, can you kind of share what this evolution is into this new term? Because I think a lot of people are wondering, what, what is this about? and What does this mean? Yeah, the justice component. Yes. Um, this is the discovery. Um, so the funny thing is I use neither. Okay. Uh, in my businesses, I actually use the term IEJ, including equity justice. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I'll be back in now. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, I use um, IEJ, which is an equity justice. And um, you'll notice I took the words the first time out with it. Um, and that's largely because um, I think that that term is like um, I don't know, like pathologically misused. Um, and so I just prefer to take it out of it. Um, so the way I like to describe it is that like diversity is what happens at the end of a process. It is not the process itself. Okay. Right. So, like, I'm just like, you can't do diversity. Or if you do diversity, then what are you doing? Are you going outside and you're saying, you look different? Come on. Like, that that doesn't make sense. Um, So, what I like to say is, like, if you do inclusion, if you do equity, if you do justice, right, you will create diversity as the outcome, not the path. Um, So, I like to just take it out. Um, the evolution from DEI, I think, to JEDI is just about adding that J, right? Adding justice into the formulation. And I think, for me, that's a really important one because um, it connects us to the broader ecosystem of the world we live in. You know, when we look at inclusion, when we look at equity, even when we look at diversity, a lot of times we're just looking at our little space, like our little lane or our tavern or whatever. And we think that's the whole world. But when you start talking about justice, it forces you to think about the broader world that your organization is situated in. You have to think about things like systemic racism and sexism and homophobia and xenophobia, um, ableism, 
sexism, right? You have to think about bigger issues of justice. Um, and that is hard because we didn't start those problems and we're not going to solve them before we check out. Um, it, it connects you to a bigger responsibility to be part of a much, much bigger social justice um, movement. And so um, that J is scary. Right? It's scary for lots of people. Um, but I think it's really important. And so, you know, if you're choosing between DEI and Jedi, like go Jedi, right? Like go big. Why not? Yeah. How, how can you exclude it? Right. I mean, that's that's the basis. That's where it all stems from. So what do you think? I know we're taking a lot of your time tonight um, and it's a little bit later there. So we know we need to wrap this up. We're hoping that maybe you'll come back when you're in California or Sacramento again and come hang out with us in the studio. But um, there's so much to talk about. I, We've got to have you on a future episode. I mean, yeah, we're just that's like, a, that's awesome. I'm, I'm coming to California in March. So. Oh, hello. Um, Excellent. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Um, I think that we just kind of wanted to hear, you know, from your point of view, what other, I mean, we've talked about the resources that um, you have on your site and with the programs you have going on. Are there other things going on that you know about that people should hear about and that you want to share about today? Yeah. What are you excited about? Yeah. There's, uh, there's so many things. Um, and uh, some of them I'm just like super privileged to be part of that like so many things are just out there so um you know i was um really lucky to be part of the founding board of the michael j jackson foundation for brewing and distilling um we do um scholarships for technical brewing and distilling education and we just opened our uh winter fall scholarship round so right now apply everybody if you want to um get a, a an education in one of those um, it's a full rec, right? um, so amazing scholarship. Amazing, nice. Um, uh, I also um, happen to be the president of the board of directors for Safeguard, and okay. we do um, education and training for gender-based violence prevention. And um, I have so much admiration for the trainers that work for us. Um, they really take um, a thoughtful, intersectional approach to thinking about gender-based violence. So, yes, you get um, bystander intervention strategies and all of the things that you would come to expect of um, training to prevent gender-based violence, but they also, you know, work with the understanding that um, queer folks and um, folks of color are um, more susceptible to this type of violence. Right. Um, so, I don't know any other organization that, um, you know, really works to be um, as intersectional as they are in terms of um, that type of training and education. So um, definitely want to shout out Safeguards and the work um, that's going on there. Please do check it out if you're looking for um, your annual compliance training. Um, I think I would be like super remiss if I didn't shout out Beer Culture, um, old and wonderful friends um, working in that organization and um I love what they're doing because um, it's just so, like, it, it sounds straight to say so, but they're just so real, you know? Like, um, everything they do is really real. It's really about their community. It's really based in um, no talk with big action. And that's um, super important today. Um, I think on the consumer side, it's so exciting to see what, like, um, lots of folks in Atlanta are doing, Crack Women Connect. Um, Crafted yeah. for Action, that, yeah. um, Jen Price is putting together down there. Um, you know, obviously, the day, doing it their own flow, um, amazing stuff there. And then just like all of the, the black and brown entrepreneurs who have um, dared to start a business in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. right? like, mm -hmm. It is so, it is not easy out there, and people are hustling like, you know, um, like, I know hey, that's right. Alisa, like people, I mean, it's just amazing. Like, um, I've, I have so much admiration. Like I'm a small business owner myself and it is, it is hard, you know, <laughs> it's hard. And I'm not trying to buy six 
six, seven figures worth of stainless steel, right? I'm not, um, <laughs> I'm not dealing with that kind of thing. So um, there's so much going on out there. I think really all you have to do is kind of open your eyes and, um, you know, um, be ready for the next opportunity, you know? And I think um, what's been great about, you know, both kind of having two my own organizations to work with, but also, you know, um, being with the Brewers Association is that um, we can kind of take this approach where it's like um, victory by like a thousand little step stool, right? Um, it's going to be so hard for us to make a giant leap from, you know, less than 1% to being on par with, with um, you know, 13% of the population. Right. Um, but like, if all of those little step stools from everywhere and, and every time we think about, oh my gosh, this is a barrier that we can address and we can break down, um, we'll get there, right? Um, through collective action. And I think um, right now it, it feels like we are starting to hit a little bit of like momentum, critical mass, and that just feels wonderful. Well, brick by brick, right, Brittany? Got to lay a brick every day, and soon we'll have our brick wall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll and so, and so we kind of have a challenge. I mean, when you're talking today about all of these resources that are out there, I'm going to challenge everybody that's listening to this. Take those 10 minutes, you know, when you're in bed and you're scrolling through Instagram and annoying yourself <laughs> <laughs> by what everybody else is doing. What we're going to do is we're going to add these links for resources to the CEC website, take a minute, take 10 minutes to go and bookmark a couple places. Just look at it and put it on your to-do list for tomorrow when you get into the workplace. Like that's something we were challenging people. We we had a People's Harvest Time Jubilee out here uh, in Sacramento and we, we sent up a follow-up email to everybody and we said, okay, get that code of conduct going, look into starting a DE&I committee, like put it on your calendar today. Right. Yeah. You're going to spend an hour of your time this week and do it. And then show us before the year is over or at the top of the year, you know. So those breweries that are uh, chiming in, those that are listening, um, we got some homework, right? Uh, Crafted for All has put together, you know, action items, right? Um, Things that you can do to be the change in beer. So, Dr. J, thank you so much. Uh, We appreciate you more than we can express um, just for, one, being hella real, like you said a little bit earlier about the other organization, like just being hella real, the amazing work that you're doing, um, just being, like I said at the beginning, uh, just a total badass. Uh, You're definitely inspiring. Um, You know, you're paving the way. Um, and you're brick by brick, brick by brick. Um, and so thank you. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate you. Appreciate you too. And am I allowed, am I allowed one more shameless plug? Oh, do it. Do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I got this new thing. Um, we're thinking about dropping any day, but I'm really excited about it. Um, and I think what actually has me excited is because, um, because like it's an opportunity to learn for me. Like I love learning this definitely um core to my life and um when I hit a moment where I was like dang like you need to pull it together Jay um no they're actually some of the best and most enjoyable so you know one of the things that I have been preaching about and teaching about for a long time is supplier diversity so encouraging businesses to say like hey if you're thinking about um looking to uplift particular communities um, think about implementing a supplier diversity program. Um, that's essentially where you're thinking about um, vendors, suppliers, and partners who are owned and operated by members of underrepresented and disadvantaged groups, right? So you're going to go buy some, like, um, some sweet rainbow T-shirts during Pride Month. Are you buying them from an LGBTQA supplier? Right. 
Exactly. Powerful. Right? If you're not, Brittany's dating. Love you're that. I'm raising the roof. So let me ask you. Let me just ask you, Dr. J. Okay. So when you're saying this, right? Supply, right? Okay. Is there like, do you have like maybe a list of preferred providers, right? That are that are doing the damn thing in these spaces, right? So people can do so. So here's what we're going to do, because a lot of people have told me, like, Jay, I think this is a great idea, but I have no idea. Yeah, because you know my mind's turning. My mind's, I'm, like, damn near jumping out my seat right now. Good, good. <laughs> we, we want the cheat list. So, like, I don't know how to find the I don't know what to do. I don't track all the things they say, uh, by the way, or, you know. And I was like, don't do that. Um, so I was like, well, the, the, the way that large corporations do that, like, right, Nike, Meta, all the big corporations that have, you know, who are like, oh, we're going to spend $25 million on diversifiers and big companies, they use certification, um, right, bodies to do this. So right. people who are certified minority-owned, certified yes. woman-owned, certified veteran-owned, yes. certified LGBT-owned, right, certified disability-owned, all those things. And what I realized is lots of suppliers in our space don't hold these certifications. Don't hold the certifications. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, so, so here's what we're gonna do because I, you know, I've been preaching, 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 preaching about this, and then I had to have like I sit down with myself and I said, "Self, you are a queer black woman, and you don't have enough certification." Ah, uh, yeah. And I was like, "You can't help people to do this if you don't do it yourself." Come on, come so on. So I was like, "You know what? I have to." I have to go get certified. I have to learn how to do it. I got to do it. And if I'm going to do that, I'm going to open up that process so everybody can do it. Yeah, bring, each one, teach one. Each one, teach one. Come on, because you know I'm about to ask the next steps. How do we do this? <laughs> yeah, so, so um, be on the lookout on Craft by EDU. Um, our keep the lookout for our website and social. You're going to see some stuff coming in the next week or two. Um, and it's really just going to be about... Um, we're going to make videos, we're going to do some Zoom calls, I'm going to call people at these certification or agencies and ask them to join me for calls so awesome. they can share information. Um, I'm going to, and I'm putting the word out to anybody who might be listening, I'm going to I'm going to do some fundraising and see if we can get these certification fees yes. covered yes. Um, for anybody who wants to do this because it costs money and so let's get right. stuff covered. If you're invested in supplier diversity, then you can do you can pay for five hundred dollars. Removing um, that paywall, I love it. I love it. Removing the paywall, so let's mm-hmm. get everybody together. Let's all get certified together, and then once we're all certified, yes, what we're trying to do is um, create what we'll call like um, a social equity supplier network yeah. for yes. the industries, um, so that people who are looking for supplier diversity can become active enough. Absolutely. Um, so I'm excited it. about it. It's a new project. Um, it means I'm probably going to make a ton of really bad videos in the middle of the night when I'm doing this. But um, it's um, all good. Brick by brick. Know, Moving forward. Brick okay. by brick. So, and, um, so look for this soon and we'll, we'll get kicked off in 2023. I love it. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Mentorship is powerful, right? So like you said, right, um, realizing that, you know, you need a certification and stepping into that yourself and then going, okay, now how can I reach back and help other people gain that certification and move forward? That's powerful. That's really how we change the world. Um, and that's how we, we we become the change in beer. So if you need any support in those areas, anything that we can do um, to help, uh, you know who to call. We'll be sharing exactly. the and Anybody who provides a service that a brewery could use, we're talking about, you know, we're not just talking about, um, like, right, raw ingredient producers. Like, do you, are you an accountant? Breweries need an accountant. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you a lawyer? Breweries need a lawyer. Do you make t-shirts? Do you make coasters? Yes. Do you make signs? Do you take photos? Like, we need, breweries need all those services. So yep, everybody absolutely. who does those adjacent industries, um, I hope, I hope everybody from all those places Oh, I love it. I love it. Preferred service providers and creating. I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing, Dr. J. Again, we appreciate you more than we can express and um, appreciate all that you do. And we can't wait to see you Uh, in March. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. um, We'll get offline. I'll tell you where I'll be and hopefully we can um, catch up. Perfect. Sounds good. Have a good night. We appreciate you. All right, take care, y'all. All right, thanks.
That was awesome. That was amazing. Yeah. <sighs> Just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm, oh man, I thought I was fired up this morning. No, I'm even more fired super up. Super pumped. Oh, man, see? what? Super pumped. Smiling ear to ear right now. Dr. J, thank you. I see you dancing over man. there. Bring it back around. <laughs> yes. <'cause> she, <laughs> Didn't know it could get better. It's purpose-driven work, you yeah. know? And then what I love is, the, like I said, the whole each one teach one aspect, the laying the bricks by brick, but then reaching back and being like, okay, mm-hmm. this is how we do this. And then not only... It's just, it's, this is how you be the change. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, we're excited. We're excited. We appreciate for you joining this first episode where we're setting stage for the whole season because it's going to get good. We're going to be talking more about this. We're going to be talking with breweries who have projects in motion. Um, we're going to be talking about restorative justice. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things in this field. So stay connected with us. Keep listening. Uh, and we want to share your stories and hear the voice of the people. So make sure you reach out to us to drive change in the industry. Your stories and truths happening in the craft industry need to be heard. So to learn more about the CEC and who's involved, visit us on Instagram at craftequity.co and our website www.craftequitycollective.com This podcast was brought to you by We Are Sacramento and The Loft. <laughs>